Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with Philippians 4, 6, using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And I want to welcome back Katie Mason to the show. Katie is an author and a Bible teacher, and I always love learning from you, my friend. Welcome back. Thanks. I... This is one of my favorite things to do. I love knowing that. Before we mm. pressed record, we were talking, Katie has a new puppy. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about this. What is your new puppy's name? His name is Emperor Ping. Emperor Ping is new in the Mason house. And we were talking about uh, how it's kind of like having a baby <laughs> and all yes, the me. things, right? Yeah. And not that there's any anxiety with having a baby mm-hmm. or a new puppy or taking care of anything. I think when I need to take care of something or when I feel like I need to take care of something and I don't know how, that is one of the quickest producers of anxiety in my life. Like, I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to take care of this thing. I don't know how to do it. So um, anyway, so friend, we're going to talk about not being anxious today. And so Philippians 4, 6 in the NIV says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So just a little bit about the book of Philippians. The author is the apostle Paul. It was written around AD 61, 62. The audience is the church at Philippi, which was a church established during Paul's second missionary journey. And Paul wrote this letter from prison while Timothy visited. And it's a message of joy in the midst of suffering. And the letter was carried by one of the Philippian church leaders, um, Epaphroditus, I think is how you pronounce that name, Epaphroditus. And it was delivered to the believers to be read publicly to all. And chapter four, where we're hanging out more specifically, talks about peace and joy in all circumstances. Our verse is in the part that's talking about more instruction on walking the walk. And just again, if you happen to be new to listening, all the resources that I used to put together, that we used to put together an episode can be found in the show notes today. So one more time, Philippians 4, 6 in the NIV, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So step one in the method is to choose our word, and Katie is going to get us started off with that. Okay, our word today is anxiety, which in Strong's, it's G3309. Um, And some definitions I found for that was, uh, the first was a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about something imminent or an uncertain outcome. The second one was a desire to do something typically accompanied by unease. Like the example was a maid was anxious to please her new employer. Um, and then the psychiatric definition of anxiety, uh, it's a mental condition characterized by excessive apprehensiveness about real or perceived threats. And it can even lead to avoidance behaviors and physical symptoms, such as an increased heart rate and muscle tension. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anxiety is a lot about nervousness and unknown. Um, And then the opposites of that were calmness and serenity, also bold, being brave, quiet. Um, And then some I thought were interesting were unconcerned or indifferent, inattentive, to be collected or unfearful um, or unworried or some of the antonyms mm-hmm. to anxiety. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel it already. Don't you like, you just feel it. I know you can feel it in your body. Anxiety. You said that, right? Anxiety is something that we can feel in our body. So we know when it's happening, one of the definitions I saw was full of disquietude, full Mm. of disquietude. Doesn't that, that just feel like, it's like not, I liked that you said one of the opposites was serenity because it's like, it's that, that just what I call soul chaos, where you're just like, I can't kind of like calm it down. It's just kind of all over the place. Um, and one of the definitions said eager to attain something desirable or to avoid something unpleasant. So you're talking about the maid, like wanting to <clears throat> please her new employer. So you're eager to attain something desirable or eager to avoid something unpleasant. So you want something and you don't want something. And sometimes I think we do that at the same time, even I want this to happen, not this to happen. And so I'm anxious because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. 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 Step two in the method is called investigate. And we divide that up in four parts. And part one is we compare this word anxiety or anxious in other translations. I found a couple of different things. The King James 21 says fret, not to fret. The Amplified says anxious or worried. The BRG says be careful, um, which I thought that was interesting. Like we're going to talk about caring like too much about something. Like don't be too careful about this and neglect the thing you should be careful about is really what we're talking about, right? Like to be overly concerned about this thing and under concerned about really like running to refuge for the thing that to the thing. And I don't, God is not a thing, but you know what I mean? To running to refuge to yeah. the thing, the one um, that actually is in control of something. So um, the DRA said salicious, is that the right word? S-O-L-I-C-I-T-O-U-S. And that's that word that means not to be, you could be anxious about wanting something to happen or not wanting something to happen. The mm-hmm. W-E said worry. And the W-Y-C said, be ye nothing busy. Be you nothing busy about things, but be caught like busy, like busy. Um, it's good to work hard. That's not what I'm saying, of course, but like busy, like trying to control the narrative. I think that kind of yeah. busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think about franticness. Franticness. There you go. Mm-hmm. Be not busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Settle down, child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quit running around. Mm-hmm. Right. Even mentally, maybe especially mm-hmm. mentally. I know what it feels like to run around mentally. That <laughs> yes. doesn't feel good. And I get, and we get so tired and it doesn't like, I, <laughs> this is what makes me crazy about myself. I'm like, why do you feel like if you just think about it harder, you can come up with the answer. <laughs> I just think about this harder, right? Like something yeah. might shift in it. And the reality is like, I'm a smart lady. Like, I know, smart. like, well, thanks. But I mean, like, I I know, like, how to do things and stuff. And like, so a lot of times, if I don't know the answer to something, it's because the answer from the Lord is no or not yet. And thinking about it more, you know, is not going to, like, change his mind about what I'm trying to do. Do you think that goes back to um, maybe a, a bit of a trauma response to... Mm-hmm feel like you should know the answer like yes. you have to know the answers yes and if I'm safer if I know the answer it's it's a lot safer because mm-hmm. we talked about there's a lot of um unease and unknown within it that's where the yes. feeling comes from is those indeterminate things quote unquote yeah. mm-hmm. um and so if we can figure out the answer then we think that we will not be anxious anymore, 
but in the continuing to strive and be busy about figuring out the answer, we lose sight of going to our tower of comfort That's and right. peace with the That's Lord. Right. Yeah. And sometimes for me, I don't know about you, but I can figure out an answer mm. that will kind of make it stop, but it's not the yeah. answer that leads to joy and peace and rest. You know, it's usually the answer that leads to striving and controlling and perfectionist perfectionism. Uh, that's yeah. the answer that I have figured out that was, it might stall, solve the swirling of my mind, but it doesn't actually solve the problem. Um, it actually increases the long-term it'll increase the anxiety because now I have to keep this duck in a row. Also. Mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's gross, but true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so part two of the investigate step is to research the original word. And you mentioned that the, the number is G3309. What did you learn about that when you, when you looked into that Greek word? Okay. So, um, I'm going to try to say the Greek word. I listened to it a few times in the choir. Good. That's so. good. I'm laughing only because I'm like, yes, we always try, don't we? But it's okay. Now, yeah. Uh, Marinao, mm-hmm. be careful. And that would be present and active second person plural indicating there's a you command there. Like you all be careful. You be careful. I love that. You know that I didn't know that. That's great. You all be careful. Yeah. I can hear Paul yeah. saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I, I look on strongs and they tell you like what kind of verb it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So I Googled it. So I could sound super smart today. And you do. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's through the, from, it's from a word, thir- G3308, through the idea of distraction. Mm. And that was really okay. interesting to me too. And it made me think of the Mary and Martha story that is in Luke 10, right? I think that yeah. story is in Luke 10. And I love that story. And I love that story so much because I think Martha gets a, bad reputation or something about her. Like, well, you just, you focused on the wrong thing, this or that, but what the Lord loves her so much. And when he c- talks to her, when she gets upset, if you haven't read it in a while, friend, read it. It's I, I'm pretty sure it's in Luke 10. <clears throat> um, and she's like, Mary needs to be helping me because she's so busy or whatever that. And the Lord comes and says, Martha, you are worried and distracted. He doesn't say you're bad. He doesn't right. say you're doing the wrong thing. He doesn't say anything about that, but he speaks to the anxiety. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's like, actually, let me speak to the anxiety because you're making it about this thing that's out there. And really it's about this thing that's in here, right? You are worried and distracted. And that is what's causing the fretting, right? That's what's causing you to blame Mary. That's what's causing you all this distress. And I think this idea of um, the anxiety is caused from so often from distraction is a really important thing to remember. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, part three in the investigate step is to read some commentary. I have a couple of things that I want to um, offer from the enduring word. It says about be anxious for nothing. It says this is a command, not an option. (laughs) Ouchie, right? Like (laughs) it's a it's not a suggestion. It's actually an instruction. It says undue care is an intrusion into an arena that belongs to God alone. It makes us the father of the household instead of being a child. Wow. I know. Isn't that ouchy? But steps on my toes a lot, but so good. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. Undue care is an intrusion into an arena that belongs to God alone. Where the, the, the commentator is saying, you know, this is like God's 
business to offer this control and you're trying to step in there and take control and most of the time hurry things up. I think that's one of the things that creates the most anxiety and this is this is not happening in the time frame that is most pleasing to me, right? Like, so I got to hurry this up. Then um, Marvin Vincent says the verb may either mean, I'm sorry, the verb may mean either to be full of anxiety or to ponder or brood over. And isn't Mm -hmm. that something we do sometimes, right? Yeah. Ruminate. Is that a word for that? Where you just kind of run it over and over in your head Mm -hmm. as if I continue to run this over in my head, perhaps I can change it. I can make it not have happened that way or decide how it will happen moving forward. Right. Right. How many times do we draft a conversation in our heads expecting to know? Yes. What the other person's going to say. Now, when they say this, I'll say this as if we can determine what they're going to say. Right. Because people aren't surprising or shocking ever. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Even people we know well, even if it's the same conversation, we're all growing. And so you can always, it can change the narrative changes without our knowledge. So again, to be ruminating and drafting scenarios for future events or to go back, right? We always have that. Oh, I could have said this. Well, you can't, you can't go back. And yeah. 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 The Bible knowledge commentary says joy and gentleness accompanied with an awareness of Christ's imminent return should dispel anxiety. Paul's appeal to the Philippians is do not be anxious about anything, but this was not a call to a carefree life to care and be genuinely concerned is one thing to worry is another. Paul and Timothy cared for the people they ministered to yet they retained trust in God. Jesus warned against worry, which obviously eliminates trust in God. It's like there's this division, like the more we focus on the event or the circumstance or trying to control the narrative, the farther away we're getting from our submission to God, who calls us to trust him and take refuge in him, as you said earlier, um, and allow him to unfold things in the time that will make it the beautiful way that he knows it can be as he unfolds it in his time, right? Right. J.E. Adams says, peace rather than worry comes from trusting prayers, proper thought orientation, and obedient following of Christian teaching and practice. I thought that at least it's like that he's talking about the antidote, right? So instead of worry, we can offer trusting prayers, which I thought that was a really big one because how often when we're Mm -hmm. praying about something, wanting to not be anxious about it, like really not, I I don't want to be anxious about this. So I'm going to pray about it. But as we pray, we're telling God how he should handle it. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Instead of trusting, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, so is that really trusting or is Mm -hmm. it just another one of the boxes we tick to say, I'm not being anxious. I'm not being anxious. See, I'm praying. I'm praying about it. Anxious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's just another way that our anxiety manifests. Not, I'm not saying don't pray. I'm just saying, you know, it's all, it's always about our heart intentionality behind it. And there is grace and peace when he confronts that in us and teaches us then. Yeah. Like, no, pray like this. Yeah. This is how I, this is how you show me trust. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And one of the things that I used to I, not that I never do this. I do this less. I used to get really down on myself. Cause I'm like, I really did pray a trusting prayer about this. And I thought that I was doing better with it. And now something has happened and I'm not doing well. And so I must that I must not have done it right or this or that. And I'm like, I would be down on myself. I'm anxious about this thing again. 
And now yeah. I've just, I feel so differently about that now. Cause the Lord is like, yeah, you're kind of programmed that way because that keeps you coming back to me over and over again. Like mm. you need this, like, so you're going to get anxious again. And so it actually not, and he's always so kind. So he's not like shaming or, you know, whatever, right. when, when I feel like he's talking to me, and I don't want to give that impression in any way, shape or form, but it's almost like just this like invitational, almost soothing something where He's like, I want you to bring that to me, even if we've already talked about it four times, even if we've talked to like, this is a long thing you're going through. This is a season. And so you're mm. going to be okay. And then you're not going to be okay, but you're going to be okay when you keep coming to me with it. Right. Cause I'm never going to get tired of the fact that you're not okay. I'm never going to tell you, oh. we talked about that already. And so you should be over it. Like never, I'm never going to do that to you. And so every time you feel that anxiety rise, just bring it to me and we'll talk through it again, you know? And I, there's something about that, Katie, for me, that's been so like freeing where I'm like, the anxiety is not the enemy. The anxiety is the signal to flee from the enemy, right? Like in that, in that moment, like this, yeah. So I can give into the anxiety and give the enemy a foothold, or I can say, Ooh, that's that thing that happens to me. And I can run to the Lord with it and say, it's happening. And he's like, Ooh, come here. (laughs) Let's get you safe again. You know? Yeah. Part four in the uh, investigate step is to try to rewrite the verse in our own words. And I'm going to kick that back to Katie, but first I'm going to, I'm going to take us back to the start and I'm going to read the word, uh, read the verse again, one more time in the NIV. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Um, so how did you rewrite that? Um, I added a bunch of words. Um, cause I like, I like to be specific. Um, so I said, do not be agitated by anything. Instead, give all situations, desires, angst, and excessive apprehension with a grateful heart to the God of the angel armies who cares for you. Mm. I love that excessive apprehension. I needed to add that in. It was one of my synonyms. Yes. No, I love that. I love that you're able to call that out, you know, because it does. I think there's this, we know when we've done it, whatever, like when we've kind of like, I've stopped thinking about it and now I'm worrying about it. I think yeah. we know when we've done that and we kind of cross that line a little bit in our own heart. And, um, and, and can we allow that to be the thing that calls us back to the presence of the Lord? I think mm-hmm. that's really, yeah, that's really the sign of a woman who is uh, mature and taking this walk with Jesus seriously. When, when we will say, no, no, I'm not going to just let that fester. I'm going to take that yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. 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 Step three is find the characteristics of God. And I wrote down a couple of things for that. I put that he is patient. um, Mm. And I put in parentheses for my own self that he is intentional and non-chaotic. Like he's not rushing to figure things out and he doesn't need me to rush around trying to help him figure things out. Like that's really important to me, right? Like he's not like, oh my goodness, I forgot about this. I got to hurry up and do it. I mean, it's just not how he approaches anything in us, right? And so if I'm rushing around, physically or mentally, then I can be reminded that he is an intentional God, that he's a God that's not chaotic, um, that he is patient with me when I'm doing that, but that he's not in a hurry uh, for my life the same way that I can be in a hurry for my life. And I also wrote down that he's a hiding place. When I feel anxiety rise, I can run to him for refuge and refilling. He can be my soft place to fall. 
And then one more, I put that he's full of mercy, that he doesn't hold my anxiety against me. I was just kind of talking about that. He just invites me to let it go. Oh. Step step four in the process is to identify the lie of the enemy. And so what what gets in the way for you? What's a lie that kind of stands out to you that tempts you to hold on to anxiety maybe? Mm. So I took a, I took a specific group of uh, the definitions and synonyms. So one of them was that desire word. And I'm just, I'm in a season of um, plowing up some soil and waiting uh, for it to rest a little bit before the plantings of past promises from God are ready to grow. Mm. I don't garden at all. So I'm really proud of that analogy. Um, so, um, but the lie that I hear right now, as I'm in this season of things coming to an end and making choices about what comes next and not having an answer for people, um, is that I should desire to do more that without any kind of purpose or direction, there's this, um, amorphous quote unquote more that I should be doing. And I talk to women a lot about how hard it is to rest, um, or to, um, focus solely on one task and do it well, because there's so much that pulls at us as women, me as an individual, um, that it it's it's so easy to not to not take time to to um, be calm and and to be still like it says to us in the psalms and so as i'm in a season of waiting and a season that feels kind of chaotic uh and i know the lord isn't chaotic but my life around me is chaotic um in a lot of different ways. That's the lie I hear that I should be desiring more than what I have and should be desiring to do more than whatever it is I'm doing. Um, yeah. And that, and it does, it does make us anxious and it tries to diminish the trust that we have in him. Like actually here's the thing. Here's a lie for me. If I wait on you, I'll get behind. Hmm. It just, it goes along with what you're saying right there. Like if I, ah. if I wait on you, then I'll get left behind even, or I'll miss it, or I won't get what I want or all of those things. That's just, yeah. And, and it's so hard to really believe and stay believing that whatever he wants for me is the absolute best. I can't dream up something for myself or work out something in my own strength that could be even a fraction of the goodness that he has for me. And I just right. have to keep trusting that, but it's hard. Yeah. I so think, hard. yeah, yeah. I appreciate you calling out that lie. Cause it, mm. it kind of like made me call out that one in me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I believe it. And it's good. And I, when I say it out loud, I know I don't really believe it. And yet I do somehow because I make right. decisions based on it. Right. I forget I to not believe it. <laughs> right. I think so often, like I, wherever we picked it up or applied it to our lives, like it's so ingrained in us yeah. and like that, you know, you could take it all the way back to the fall of not trusting yeah. right. that God does have our best in, in, in mind, even better than what we can imagine. But 
Um, but that's where, you know, we do need scripture and, and spiritual counsel yeah. and conversation like this that can remind people that he does yeah. know better yeah. the dreams for you than you know yourself. Yeah. And um, he is there in the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where we learn what he has for us. In the rest. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Step five is called So What? Where we just try to write down, jot down, say out loud, a takeaway. Here's what I wrote down. I put caring too much about things that aren't yet here or haven't yet happened distracts me from God's faithfulness and goodness in this present moment. Mm -hmm. Caring about this moment is good. Yes. Trying to control what's next robs me of connection with Jesus. When Mm -hmm. I find myself slipping in that direction, I can offer those concerns back to God and trust him to care for them. So there's a fine line. I think my takeaway is there's a fine line between caring and caring. <laughs> it's important <laughs> to care. It's important to care yeah. about my life and about this moment and doing things with excellence and all that is so good. And yet when I try to care to control, then I've gone into that arena that we were talking about earlier. That's not mine to go into. That's God's space. Yeah. How about yeah. you? A takeaway from today? Um, that. I think I shared it a bit like that it's in this to take time to rest yes. and be quiet. And, and even if it doesn't produce a solid next step or 10 point plan, like that is still what? right. I know <laughs> even if it, even if in there, you're just learning how to be silent and appreciate his love for you and, and grow in desiring that love for you like that that is, that is my takeaway. Like I I want to know and believe the Lord so much that I don't get anxious yeah. or, or care about things I shouldn't care about. Um, that is my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear your takeaway, my friend, and you can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second. It helps the show a great deal, actually, and it guarantees you will receive every episode as soon as they drop. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode with Bonnie Gray. Bonnie visited with me to talk about turning chaos into calm, and her teaching is a Live It Out on this verse, Philippians 4, 6. Thank you, Katie, for doing this with me again today. It's always a joy to chat with you and connect with you. Thanks, Angie. I'm so glad to be here. And thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.